It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday. Then on Sundays, when we have the one o'clock games, the Monday pod, like right now, will be released by 6 p.m. on Sunday night to go ahead and get you that reaction to the Panthers win or loss. And unfortunately, today we're going to be reacting to the Carolina Panthers 36-28 loss on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts across the Locked On Podcast Network. And make sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, where every Friday throughout the season and throughout the entire year, we have our weekly Friday mailbag. So get in your questions now. As it pertains to your Carolina Panthers, you can also follow me for any of my insights on what's going on during a game, during game day, and anything throughout the week as it pertains to the Panthers, Charlotte Sports, and whatever pops through my head. So that's at Julian Council, either at me or DM me with your weekly Friday mailbag questions. I said last week going into this Cowboys game that the Carolina Panthers had an opportunity to make a statement going on the road against Dallas. Dallas has a fantastic offense when you're going in watching on Monday Night Football what Dak Prescott had did and what he's done so far in the first three games leading up to game on Sunday where he was fantastic week one against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. He was great in helping them get down the field in that final minute against the Chargers on the road to win that game. Then on Monday Night Football, was terrific against the Eagles. We knew that Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott were going to be challenges at the running back position. Amari Cooper, a fantastic wide receiver. CeeDee Lamb, although he didn't really do anything in Sunday's game, He was someone who the Panthers knew they had to look out for. Blake Jarlin, Dalton Schultz, who we'll get into here in just a moment. There was going to be a challenge for the first time all season long for the Carolina Panthers defense, especially having played two rookie quarterbacks in Zach Wilson week one in his NFL debut. And then in week three against Davis Mills of the Houston Texans, making his debut as a starting quarterback in the NFL after having to come in for the injured Tyrod Taylor in the second half of the week two matchup the Texans had in Cleveland where he struggled. And on a short week on Thursday night football at home, he looked good in the two minute drill. But outside of that, Davis Mills did not show really anything at all. And if you checked out anything that Houston Texans did against Buffalo on Sunday, he was not very good. So they got two rookie quarterbacks who aren't good. They got Jameis Winston, who has had his moments so far this season, both good and both bad. The Panthers flat out just wrecked the Saints on defense, and they look phenomenal. So we knew going into today that it was going to be an opportunity for the Panthers to prove that it was not just the schedule and the quarterbacks that they played, but it was really the fact that this defense is for real. Now, not having J.C. Horn, not having Justin Burris, not having Miles Hartsfield, of course, on offense, not having Christian McCaffrey, 
all of that was going to factor into how the Carolina Panthers played today against the Dallas Cowboys. This was going to be a big game for Sam Darnold and his further this offense to prove that they can go out there and move the football without CMC being on the field for at least this week and possibly next week and maybe the week after that as he's not on IR and the Carolina Panthers are hopeful to get him back. All that being said, in terms of did the Carolina Panthers pass the test on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, I would say no. Did they fail? Absolutely not. For this team to get down by 22 points, then to cut down the score, to only lose by eight against Dallas, albeit the Cowboys pretty much let up at the end. Trayvon Diggs, who had two picks on Sam Darnold in that disastrous third quarter, was put on like game load management in the middle of the game as the Cowboys were up by three scores and then two scores. And seemingly Dallas wasn't going to put him back in the game. Either way, the Panthers showed some grit in coming back and making this a respectable game. Sometimes in the NFL, when you have a young team like the Carolina Panthers have, you go on the road against a good team and you get your butt kicked. And that's pretty much what happened through the first three quarters of this game. And not really even the first three quarters. The Panthers led at half 14-13. They were playing well. And in the third quarter, once again, we saw the Carolina Panthers come out flat and do absolutely nothing. Now, this time, they weren't playing the New York Jets. They weren't playing the Saints who had their issues that day. But either way, the Panthers were so much better than the Saints. I had said previously that the Panthers continue to come out flat in the third quarter. They're going to have a hard time beating the better teams in the NFL. I thought that possibly... Um, would happen with the New Orleans Saints, which did not was not the case as Carolina's defense was so good that day. But today against Dallas, that third quarter was a disaster for the Panthers. It's three times out of the four games this season we've seen the Carolina Panthers come out of the half and not play well. And it really wasn't even, at the beginning, they weren't playing belt. They were moving the football down the field. They get stopped on third down. Then Matt Rule has a decision to make where they are going to attempt a 54-yard field goal instead of going forward on 4th and 7 at their 36-yard line, or at the Dallas 36-yard line. I thought it was a curious decision sitting there, considering that the Panthers are on their third kicker this season. We're going to count the preseason with Joey Sly, then Ryan Santoso in Week 1, and the past three weeks now with Zane Gonzalez. Zane Gonzalez has a track record of not being a very good kicker in the NFL. That's the reason why he's now on, I think, his third or fourth team in the league. And, and not, not even, I don't even, probably more than that. But either way, that's why he's here in Carolina and he was picked up during the middle of the season, even though it was the beginning of the season, and he was not on a roster, on the active roster coming out of, tra- out of training camp. So Zane Gonzalez goes out there, misses a 54-yard field goal to open up the in the opening drive of the second half. That gives Dallas a short field. They go down the field. They score. The Panthers never see the lead again. Now, is that where they lost the game? Certainly not. I thought that was one of two game-changing events on Sunday for the Carolina Panthers. Officiating was not great, especially when it came to how the officiating played out in terms of positive things for the Cowboys and positive things for the Panthers, which really was positive things for the Cowboys and only negative things for the Carolina Panthers. In that first half, when Jeremy Chin lights up Dalton Schultz, it was very clearly a fumble. In plays before that, Dalton Schultz almost fumbled again, but was called down before he fumbled the football. But when Jeremy Chin hit him, immediately he lost possession of the ball. It should have been ruled a fumble, but instead the officials blew the whistle and ruled that the forward progress had been stopped. I don't think I've ever seen a player get hit immediately like that and get driven back immediately and for the officials to blow the whistle and to rule that his forward progress had been stopped. 
So that was a terrible call. And obviously a call where the Panthers have momentum, are about to get a stop. And instead, Dallas converts on fourth and two where Dak scrambles out, gets another 20-plus yard run, and the Cowboys go down there and they score a touchdown. Now, Carolina, you got you can look at it and say, you got to get a stop there in fourth and two. You got to get a stop and prevent them from scoring a touchdown. It's not the ref's fault that you gave up a touchdown. It's the defense's fault. But either way, that's a terrible call, and it's something that negatively impacted Carolina and certainly had a role in the outcome of the game. That being said, the Carolina Panthers offensive line and really the way they played in the trenches today was the reason why they lost the game to the Dallas Cowboys. You can blame officiating all you want. It's the laziest way to go about analyzing a game. You can blame officiating for every time your team loses if you want to do that. It's not always the official's fault that you gave up 36 points. It's not the official's fault that you couldn't stop the run. It's not the official's fault that the offensive line couldn't protect. It's not the official's fault that Sam Darnold threw two picks. Yes, the officiating wasn't good. Yes, it led to a touchdown for the Dallas Cowboys. That being said, like I just said a moment ago, get the stop. But that's horrible on the official's part. A questionable decision by Matt Rule that gave Dallas momentum. I don't understand why he felt a 54-yard field goal was the right decision. He said, I want to give our players a chance to go out there and play. Why he has any faith in Zane Gonzalez is beyond me. I get that he's there every day in practice. He sees more than all of us combined. He knows more than all of us. But sitting there, who listening right now was comfortable and thought that Zane Gonzalez being trotted out for a 54-yard field goal was a good decision. I would have rather gone for it in fourth and seven. If you don't get it, at least you're aggressive and you're not giving it to a kicker who is one of the bottom kickers in the NFL and then that goes down and leads to a Dallas Cowboys touchdown. So the officiating wasn't good. That decision was not good. But the offensive line is probably the overwhelming issue for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So every time the Panthers lose, we always have to play the blame game, right? We have to look at what happened, why they lost this game to the Dallas Cowboys. Again, I commend them 
for not quitting. They easily could have laid down there after the second Sam Darnold pick that led to another Cowboys touchdown where Dallas went up by 22 points and having a terrible third quarter. The third time out of four third quarters so far this season, the Carolina Panthers have come out and did absolutely nothing in a third quarter. It didn't bite them in the ass the first two times against the Jets and against the Saints because the defense was so overwhelmingly good that day that Zach Wilson and the, and the Jets offense couldn't do anything and Jameis Winston and that Saints offense couldn't do anything. And sure, you can blame, they can make whatever excuses that they want down there in New Orleans. That Eric McCoy didn't play, the protection issues all day long, it didn't matter. The Saints got beat up front all day long against the Carolina Panthers. They couldn't run the football. They couldn't do anything against the Carolina Panthers. So I don't want to hear anything about excuses about why New Orleans lost that game, whether it was because of COVID and being relocated because of Hurricane Ida. The Carolina Panthers went out there and took care of business. Something that they were doing in the first half of this game, up 14-13, Carolina was playing really well in the game. But in the second half, they come out, they have that opening drive in the second half where they get down the field and the 54-yard field goal miss. That, for me, was a big moment in the game where I feel like that changed all the momentum shifted to Dallas, where Dallas late in that second in that second quarter. Greg Olson said this on the broadcast. They were figuring out the Carolina Panthers' protection, really lack thereof, and they were really dialing up the pressure. Dan Quinn, the former Falcons head coach, had success as a coordinator up in Seattle when he won Super Bowls with Pete Carroll, a Super Bowl rather, with, with Pete Carroll, which landed him the job down in Atlanta. And we know the last couple seasons, the Falcons' defense has been abysmal and that organization's basically just been in the tank since they blew that 28-3 lead. Never forget against the New England Patriots down in Houston in that Super Bowl a few years ago. Either way, he's coming to Dallas and he's been able to rework this unit. And he figured out, like I think the Jets kind of did in the second half in that third quarter, and a little bit the Saints figured out, that this offensive line can be had. And the Carolina Panthers offensive line absolutely was had once again and played their worst game so far this season. They gave up 21 quarterback hurries, 16 quarterback hits, and five sacks on Sam Darnold today. They were terrible. We had said, we've had the conversation throughout the offseason and throughout the preseason and even so far earlier this season that the Carolina Panthers offensive line was going to be a problem. That unit is one of the key reasons why I did not believe the Carolina Panthers would be a playoff team here in 2021. I thought that they would be vastly improved. The defense has surprised me. They've been much better than what anyone could have anticipated. Although today was not a great day for them and we'll get to that here in just a a few short moments. But offensive line, The fact that the first two priority signings were Cam Irving, who did not have a good day today, and Pat O'Flyne at left guard, who's been on IR, that was concerning. Dennis Daly, who's come in, has not necessarily had the best moments. John Miller, who Matt Rule said was a key reason they won that game against New Orleans when he came back after spending 10 days on the uh, COVID list, after contracting COVID and coming back and playing every single snap for the Saints, he's had his issues. Matt Paradis. Has not been good this season so far. First drive gives up a sack. He spoke to the media. He talks about, I got to watch the film, which is, that's fine. These guys honestly do need to look at the angle of the all 22 and actually get to X and see what went wrong to be able to answer our questions directly. I give the parent, the Panthers PR staff credit for actually allowing a lot of these guys to be available throughout the week so that they can get the answers and give the answers to the media and to the fans. So fine. But either way, he mentioned that he's got to be better. And they have to be better as an overall unit. And today against a Dallas Cowboys team that did not have Demarcus Lawrence out there at defensive end, this Panthers team was horrible in pass protection. Again, 21 quarterback hurries, 16 quarterback hits, five sacks. 
They didn't give Sam Darnold much of a chance. Darnold had his worst game as a Panther. He was 26-39, had 300 yards passing. He had um, two touchdowns passing and two interceptions. Those two passing touchdowns were kind of in garbage time in a way, but either way, the Carolina Panthers kept fighting back, and Sam Darnold went out there and made some plays after having a very rough third quarter, and I commend him for bouncing back in that game. And the funny thing is, too, like Sam had his worst game as a Panther, but through the first four games of the season, he leads the league with five rushing touchdowns, the most by any quarterback in a Super Bowl era, and his three straight 300-yard passing games are the first time that's ever happened in Panthers history for the quarterback position. So Sam did have his best game, made two pretty bad throws, Trayvon Diggs, who's been fantastic so far at corner, the second-year player out of Alabama, who shined on Monday night football against the Eagles and then shined again on Sunday afternoon against the Carolina Panthers. He went out there and made two plays on Sam Darnold, and Sam says, I have, I can't make those mistakes, which is very true. And we knew at some point in time he was going to have a bad game. And if this is his bad game and the Panthers only lose by eight and he still puts up the numbers that he put up and the Panthers are still fighting, then you know what? I'm kind of okay with that. And how he responds is really what I was looking to see. I wanted to know, because eventually things aren't going to be great. They're going to play better competition. How does Sam Darnold respond? Playing against a better team in the Cowboys that came into today, leading the league in takeaways, and having an offensive line that can't block worth a damn thing, I wanted to see what Sam Darnold could do and how he would respond. And he responded pretty well following that second interception. Again, leading those two touchdown drives and giving the Panthers an opportunity with four and a half minutes left to hope that they could get a stop and still be in this game. But unfortunately, the offensive line issues that they had were too much for the Carolina Panthers to overcome on Sunday afternoon in Dallas. And that's frustrating for me. It's frustrating for all of you. And it's also something that we weren't surprised about. At this point in time, the Carolina Panthers, defensively, they got it. They got to get J.C. Horn back. He might not be back right the rest of the season. Hartsville will certainly help for the, help them in terms of depth. I think that's going to be A.J. Boye starting there at the nickel, regardless of when Hartsfield comes back. They need to get Justin Burris back there at safety. Defensively, I like what the Carolina Panthers have. Today was not a great day for them, but I like what they have there in the future. Sam Darnold, I like for the most part what I've seen from him. The way that he responded, that he didn't just buckle under the pressure after throwing his two picks and continue to play poorly, but the way he was able to bring them back and score two touchdowns late, that's a positive thing to see from your quarterback in the middle of the game. Now, how does he respond next week and the weeks ahead? We'll find out. But through four weeks, I think everyone should feel pretty good about what we've seen from Sam Donald so far, even though he's going to have to be a little bit better and take care of the football moving forward, especially when they play the better teams in the league. You like Chris McCaffrey when he's healthy. I like what they have at wide receiver. The issue is the offensive line. They have to get that fixed. And quite honestly, throughout the rest of the season, I don't know how they do that. I really don't. You want to see Deontay Brown activated. That would be a great option, potentially. But the Carolina Panthers coaching staff clearly doesn't think he's ready. They like John Miller. They like Dennis Daly. They feel like those guys are a better option right now. Brady Christensen, I know y'all want to see him. I would certainly like to see potentially what he has, to, what he could offer. But the Panthers coaching staff right now, they, again, like Daly. They like Miller. They think those are better options currently for this team. And even Trent Scott probably gets in before Brady Christensen in these situations. So the offensive line, I don't know how that gets fixed. Defenses are going to figure out this offense, and I think they've already, in a way, adjusted, like I mentioned, with the Jets and the Saints and how they came out in the second half and then how Dan Quinn really dialed up the pressure towards the end of the first half and then throughout the 
the entire then throughout the second half on Sunday against the Cowboys. If you blitz this Panthers team, you have a very good chance of getting home and impacting and affecting the quarterback and Sam Darnold, as we saw today, and eventually being able to shut down this team when the game was in the balance and the win. So if the Panthers, I don't know what they got to do to fix the offensive line other than go out there and find other players. But the way the roster is constructed right now, this is probably going to be a season-long issue. You just got to cross your fingers, pray every night, and hope that this does not impact the team's ceiling and ability to make the playoffs. Because the way I'm looking at it, they're going to have a hard time moving forward if this is what it's going to be like every anytime they face a team that's capable of getting after the passer. One team that we felt pretty confident about when it came to getting after the passer was the Carolina Panthers defense. Zero sacks today against Dak Prescott. They gave up 36 points. They came in as the number one defense in the league in DVOA in pretty much every single defensive statistical category. They did not have a great day on Sunday against the Cowboys. Take a look at that here in just a moment. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Streaming. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part... There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Contents vary by package. If you're feeling down about the Carolina Panthers loss to the Dallas Cowboys, well, you really shouldn't. They're 3-1. and one. Did we think that they were going to be 4-0? and oh? I don't think we had that conversation. We had plenty of conversations about the Panthers starting off 3-0 and oh, and that this would be a challenge. We've also had plenty of conversations about Built Bar being the best tasting protein bar ever. And if you try Built Bars and they're nine delicious flavors after a Panthers win, you might feel pretty good about yourself because they are delicious and there's something that you need to check out now. You can try coconut, you can try coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can always get a mix box, which means you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. That's 18 Built Bars in one package. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most flavors of Built Bar have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I tweeted this out during the game on Sunday when the Panthers were down by 22. Prepare yourself for the hot takes about how the Panthers are frauds and the 3-0 start was a product of the schedule. Certainly there's truth to the schedule piece of it, playing two rookie quarterbacks in Zach Wilson and Davis Mills and then this getting the Saints where they had all those issues. But again, the way the Panthers played in that game, I don't think if the Saints even had their starting kicker Will Lutz, if they had Michael Thomas, if they had Eric McCoy, if they had CJ Gardner-Johnson and Marshawn Lattimore. I don't see how anything changes considering just how well the Carolina Panthers came out and played that Sunday afternoon in Bank America Stadium. Either way, throughout the week, there's plenty of people questioning, and I think rightfully so, how good the Carolina Panthers were. The Texans aren't very good. If you watched the game on Sunday, you saw how poorly Davis Mills played. That's not a good football team. 
The Jets finally getting their first win as Randy Bullock, the kicker for the Tennessee Titans, misses a 49-yard field goal, which would have tied the game. He misses that. The Jets are now 1-3. They're not a good football team. The Saints losing to the previously 0-3 New York football Giants on Sunday at home. Their return to the Superdome. They're 2-2. I think the Saints are an okay team, but they're probably right there in 8-9, territory that the Carolina Panthers, I think, would be in when we open up the season. So either way, fine, they haven't played the toughest schedule in the National Football League, but it's not like they're the Broncos who played literally no one, and the teams that the Broncos have played going into Sunday were 0-10 as the Jacksonville Jaguars lost on Thursday evening to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. All that being said, whatever. This doesn't have to be really anything more than the Carolina Panthers had a bad day at the office, and their bad day at the office ended up not being all that bad at the end, considering they only lost by eight points. Now, the main thing that concerns me outside of the offensive line from this game was the defense. I talked about last week. I felt the Panthers weren't going to win this game because looking at what the Dallas Cowboys had offensively and what the Panthers were missing defensively in the secondary with three of the five starters from week one being gone and J.C. Horn possibly done for the season. Miles Hartsfield going to be out for the majority of the season. And then Justin Burris is currently on IR. Yeah, you got A.J. Boye back. You added C.J. Henderson, who was shadowing Amari Cooper, gave up that touchdown in in the third quarter of that football game, asking a lot of him to come in and basically fill in where J.C. Horn was. But again, it's a long-term play when it comes to C.J. Henderson. The Carolina Panthers weren't necessarily looking for him to go out there and help them immediately, even though he was out there for a decent period of the game. We'll look at the snap count on Monday when uh, Panthers Brian uh, puts that out there on Panthers.com or the stack guy or whatever. Um, you know who he is. You know who I'm talking about. All that being said, with all the injuries and everything we knew about this team going in and what they were going up against in the Dallas Cowboys, the Panthers defense did not play well. They came into the day giving up 10 points per game. They end up giving 36. They came into the game only giving up 45 yards rushing per game. They gave up 245 yards rushing. They came into the game only giving up 146 yards passing. They gave up 188, which Dak didn't need to throw the football because they were running the football well. And one more stat for you here, too. The Carolina Panthers came into the game only giving up 191 yards total per game. They gave up 433 yards. We knew it would be a challenge. Now, what surprised me the most was the way that they got beat at the line of scrimmage. Both lines of scrimmage, the Carolina Panthers lost. That hadn't happened all the season long. They had dominated the Jets. They had dominated the Saints. At least they didn't run the football well against the Saints. They didn't give a ton of pressures in that game, though. And they had success, particularly throughout the second half, against the Houston Texans. But on Sunday against the Cowboys, they lost a battle line of scrimmage on offense, as we've been over, and on defense, giving up 245 yards rushing. Is that an area of concern moving forward? I don't know. They're a healthy unit. Derek Brown was out there playing. Daquan Jones is out there playing. Burns, Reddick, who was out for a little bit, what they were saying, shoulder issue, at least Pam Oliver was saying, on the Fox broadcast. um, Shaq Thompson played. Jermaine Carter Jr. played. They didn't stop the run at all. Zeke Elliott is a fantastic player. He got off to a slow start. There were some thoughts. Maybe Tony Pollard, for whatever reason, may be a better option. They were a two-headed monster, and both of those guys were fantastic, but mainly Zeke, who took over that ball game there in the third quarter. And when the Cowboys were only up by eight late in the fourth quarter and they needed to salt the way of the game, they again went to Zeke Elliott to close out the football game. 
The Carolina Panthers haven't faced a back like that, or even a back like Tony Paul. I mean, they have. They played. They faced Alvin Kamara. But the way the Panthers got after Jameis Winston, the Saints all but abandoned the rushing game throughout the game. I think it was only eight carries for five yards for Kamara in that game. Either way, the Panthers were great. The Jets can't run the football. The Texans can't run the football. So outside of New Orleans, which again was total domination, the Panthers really have not faced a rushing attack like they faced against the Dallas Cowboys. Now it's the same thing. They haven't faced a passing attack like they faced with the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. And Dallas proved to have one of the better offenses in the NFL. And they proved that offense in today's NFL oftentimes is going to be good defense. And the Carolina Panthers defense just was not up to the task today. The thing that also concerns me, at least doesn't not concerns me, but the thing that also I hated seeing was they had zero sacks on Dak Prescott. And Dak was able to get out of the pocket and scramble for big time plays multiple times in that game where going to the game and throughout the season, he has not been someone who's wanted to run. He's been hesitant. He understands that after last season, the leg injury that he suffered, that he has to be on the fo- on the field for his team to win, and he can't afford to get injured, which I appreciate from him. But he also understands when the defense is going to give him the opportunity to run the football, where they- everything's been taken away, where he gets flushed in the pocket, he's going to go out there and he's going to make the play, which he did several times in this game. So not to get your hands on Dak to get a sack on him and to give up the amount of rushing yards that they gave up is a very disappointing performance from the Panthers' defensive line in front seven for them to play the way that they played against Dallas on Sunday. Now, does it mean that they're frauds? Obviously not. They're not going to play defenses like this likely moving forward. Jalen Hurts bounced back, played a better game against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. The Chiefs have a terrible defense. They're last in DVOA. They're not a good defense at all. The thing is, they have Patrick Mahomes and a killer offense. It's not really a a news about the Kansas City Chiefs that their defense isn't good. Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator, oftentimes has has been a coordinator of bad defenses. But the Chiefs have been good enough because of Mahomes and an offense to be able to win Super Bowls and go out to win a Super Bowl and be competitive. Either way, Jalen Hurts, fine, he bounced back, but he's not going to see the same defense next Sunday when he plays the Carolina Panthers. Kirk Cousins has had a pretty good season so far. They lost again to the Cleveland Browns. They were now, I think, one and three, the Vikings are. So they're a team that could potentially hurt the Panthers, especially they're a team that loves to run the football. And Dalvin Cook is one of those guys that is going to be tough to stop throughout the game. So we'll see how things go in two weeks against Minnesota. All that said, the Panthers played a very good offense and team in Dallas, and they went on the road. They're a young football team, and they lost. Okay, that's all this has to be. Young football team went out there, didn't play well, but they came back. They didn't quit. They showed some character, and there's certainly plenty of positive things to still look at. The negative things, the offensive line's terrible. I don't see how that's ever going to get fixed this season, and the defense might not be as good as we thought. But again, I think that's probably too uh, early to go out there and say that. I think they can still be a top-10 unit, which was my hopes and expectations coming into the season. I never thought that they were going to be the number one defense in the league. The schedule helped them there. The quarterbacks that they played have helped them there, but they're not going to play murderer's row the rest of the year. And they're going to have to get healthy in the secondary, but they got to be better up front. They got to get after the passer, which I think that they will do continuing throughout the season. Just today against a good physical Cowboys team, they weren't able to do that. You should still be excited about this football team. They're three and one. Our expectations come of the year, at least when we were having the conversation potentially about how they could start off the season. We talk about three and zero. We thought that that was a serious possibility. We didn't have conversations about 4-0. So they're 3-1. And, and they're coming back home for two more weeks to play against the Eagles team and a Vikings team. Two very winnable games. 
So in two weeks' time, we'll be here having the same conversation about the Carolina Panthers and how their season's going, and we could be saying, oh, look, they're 5-1, and one. they bounced back, they responded. How the Carolina Panthers respond from here will be telling to how good this football team can be. As this was a benchmark game for the Carolina Panthers and finally playing a team that was worth the damn and was, I guess, healthy for the most part, whatever. You can't throw any caveats into why their opponent wasn't ready to go. This was a, 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 a challenge to the Carolina Panthers. Did they pass the test? No. Did they flat out fail? No. Not at all. They have plenty of good football ahead of them for the rest of the season. Don't lose sight of that fact. Remain positive. Be excited about you have a 3 and one football team. At the very worst, if Tampa wins tonight against um, the New England Patriots, and by the way, did you know that Tampa and Tom Brady are playing on the road in New England? Tom Brady's returning home. If you somehow... You know, miss that. Kidding, of course. If Tampa goes and wins, they're 3-1, and one, just like the Panthers. The Panthers are tied for first place. The Saints losing helps them out because that could have been a three-way tie in the NFC South. But through four weeks, basically the quarter, the first quarter of the season, the Carolina Panthers, at the very worst, will be tied for first place in the NFC South. I think you'll take that, right? I'm certainly going to take it. Everyone who's a Panthers fan can take it. I've seen people out there on Twitter who are like, whatever, it is what it is. I've also seen, you know, the very few who are like, oh, they're frauds. The team's not frauds. We'll find out if they are, then, you know, we'll find out very soon if they are. I think there's a lot of good football left in this team. There's a long season, obviously, to play. There's 13 more games to play. Everything's going to be okay. The sky's not falling. The Carolina Panthers still have a good football team. We'll be okay. They'll be okay. You'll be okay. Everybody is going to be okay. Thanks again, guys, for listening to the Locked On Panthers podcast hosted by me, Julian Council. Again, you can find us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. You can rate, review, subscribe. You can also check us out on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every Friday I'm going to want your participation for our weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. And make sure to also follow me there for updates throughout the week on the Carolina Panthers and for, you know, whatever comes through my head on Charlotte Sports and as it comes to the Carolina Panthers and all things Charlotte and all things North Carolina and whatever I feel like tweeting about. So go ahead and do that. Follow me at Julian Council. Again, thank you so much for your support on tomorrow's show. Matt Rule will have looked at the tape so he can give us better insights on what happened. So we'll do our whole day after thing, look ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles and try and break down more of what went wrong for the Carolina Panthers as they dropped their first game of the season to the Dallas Cowboys, 36-28. to Until then, have a great evening, have a great day. I will talk to you on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.